0: We're going to start a little series for the next four weeks and we're calling it Prepare because we're getting ready for some things that God, I really believe, is doing among us right now. Uh, And there was a pastor that was, was preaching sort of a prepare sermon, except he was getting people to prepare for the second coming of the Lord. But he was a brand new pastor and he had a hard time remembering what he was supposed to say next. And so his text was, Behold, I come quickly. And so uh, he started out his sermon by saying, Behold, I come quickly. And then he just completely forgot what he was supposed to say next. And uh, after he forgot what he was supposed to say next, he remembered back in Bible school, they taught him that if you forget, just say it again. Maybe it'll come back. Say it a little bit more forceful. So he said, Behold, I come quickly. And uh, he said it more forcefully. And still nothing happened. And so... The, the third time he decided, I'm just going to give it everything I got," and he said, "Behold, I come quickly." And he did it with such force that he fell off the platform and into the lap of the lady on the front row, and he said, "Ma'am, I am so sorry." She said, "Well, don't worry about it, pastor. You warned me three times that you were coming." <laughs> we're going to start we're going to start our series called "Prepare." And this, the text that I'm going to use this morning is from a critical moment in the history. And that is when um, the, the children of Abraham were getting ready to go into the promised land. And this is taken from the book of Joshua. And it says in Joshua chapter 3 verse 2, After three days the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it, then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. And so I think that's a real key phrase there. You've never been this way before. I really believe that some of the places that God wants to take us are not just places that we've been to in the past and bring us back to the good old days. You know what I'm talking about. But I think God wants to bring us to some places that we have never been before. And so he says, since you're going to some places that you've never been before, you better get with the presence of the Lord and you better follow the Ark of the Covenant. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the Ark Don't go near it. And Joshua told the people this, and this is huge. Consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things among you. Consecrate yourselves today. For tomorrow... God is going to do amazing things among you. How many are believing for amazing things that God wants to do in your future? Amen. So what we do today has a huge impact on what's going to happen in the future. Before I continue on, let me just give you an update about Judy because I know she's on all of our hearts. Judy, who is the, the former pastor's wife, I call her the queen mom of the church. I mean, she's just she's just. Huge in this church in terms of her role and everything. As you know, she was diagnosed with ovarian cancer um, this past week um, because it had progressed uh, so far, they put her on hospice. But uh, some of you knew that she was going through discomfort. She is comfortable now, and she's at home, and she's talking, and she's optimistic, and she's full of faith. And we prayed with her yesterday, and we asked her, how do you want us to pray for you? And she said, just pray that God's will would be done. She's ready either way. If the Lord wants to do some miraculous miracle, she's open to that. But if God wants to take her home, she's open to that. So I just wanted you to know Judy's good. Amen. And uh, we're, we're thankful for that. Thank you for all the prayers and all that you're doing on her behalf. As we go through time, there is, there's the normal passage of time, winter, spring, summer, fall. School's getting ready to start. For some of you, it already has. That's what we call chronos, chronology, the, the, the normal passage of time. But there are special moments that there's another word for time, and it's called kairos. And kairos is a special moment from God when God's up to something, when God's doing something, when there's something stirring. It's, it's, it's when a mother is getting ready to give a baby. That's not just a moment. That's a kairos moment where something is getting ready to give birth. And there's just that feeling like that you're moving out of ordinary time into kairos time or into extraordinary time. And that's how it feels to me at the church right now that, uh, friend. Frankly, I'm not sleeping as well. Uh, I I just have that feeling like something's up, something's going on. I can't put my finger on it. I don't know exactly what. I don't know why we're growing in the summertime. We're supposed to go through a summer slump. I don't get all that, but we're growing right through the summer, and God's doing things. We're not doing anything different, but it just seems like we're moving into a moment with God, a kairos moment where he's doing something special. How many have been through a time when you just felt like it was a special time in your life? Amen. Special time. This week, I could just say, happy anniversary, Melanie. We're celebrating 30 years, but I better make it special. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's Boy, that was a cheap way to announce my anniversary, wasn't it? Um, it feels like we're going through a Kairos moment. Five Sundays from today, we're going to add another church service. Frankly, I go into this time period with fear and trepidation. It looks like we're ready for it and all those things, but there's still those concerns, is it right, and all that kind of stuff. What I want to say, and it's just like uh, they're getting ready to go into their promised land, what we do today is going to affect what happens tomorrow. The consecration that we have in our lives today is going to affect what God does in our lives today tomorrow. So the word that God's given me for these next weeks is prepare. Get ready. Today is baptism Sunday. And as exciting as baptism is, baptism is also a preparation for something else. Uh, John said, I baptize you with water, but he is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And, And the understanding is that Baptism is preparing me to be more filled with God than I've ever been filled with God. To be on fire for God. For God to to have ownership and control of my life. And And so anyone is eligible to be baptized. You don't have to go through eight weeks of catechism classes to be baptized. You only need to be old enough to understand that you have become a believer in Jesus. We have some people that came here today. Planning on being baptized. Today, maybe you didn't plan on being baptized, but you say, you know what? This is a special time, and I don't care if I get my hair wet, or if you got no hair, my no hair wet. Whatever you want. We've actually come prepared today for people who would want to get baptized right on the spot. I've got t-shirts for you that you can wear, so you can still have dry clothes. I don't know what to do about your pants. You're going to have to get wet. But that's all right. Uh, There's worse things than going home wet today, but you could could actually leave today, you could leave today doing something in your life today that's going to radically affect your tomorrow. Somebody said amen. Consecrate yourself today because tomorrow the Lord is going to do amazing things among you. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say it's amazing. It's amazing what God wants to do in our lives. They're getting ready to go into the promised land. Consecrate means to set yourselves apart from evil. If, you're, if you've got your worship guides, uh, it's right there in your bulletin. Consecration means to set yourself as, apart from evil, turn to the Lord, and be prepared to be used by God. Now, how do we consecrate? Consecrate is not a word that we use uh, very often. Another way of saying consecrate is purify. Purify yourself. How do you purify yourself? How do you consecrate yourself? Consecration, if you're taking notes this morning, begins with repentance. It begins with repentance. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is near. Now here's what I want to say. He's saying consecrate yourselves, repent, because something good is about to happen. The kingdom of God has come near. It's not just repent for the sake of repentings, but you need to get your hearts ready because God is getting ready to do amazing things. Amen. So we're talking about we're talking about uh, the children of Israel going into uh, going into the Promised Land, and I just want to I just want to say something that I think is really important to say on a day like today. In case you haven't seen the news, yesterday there was an altercation in uh, there was an altercation in Virginia uh, between. Uh, um, I don't know how you describe them. The alt-right. And and, and if you all have been watching the news, you all know what's happening. What happened in Virginia over the uh, confederate. And someone was actually killed. That that someone took their car and ran over people and all of that. And uh, so the reason I bring that up in context of this story is because sometimes when we read about... The children of Israel, we can think of them as sort of like God's favorites, that they're, that they're God's special people, and, and we're all kind of like stepchildren and second. So, but, but let me just explain something to you about God's people going into the promised land and uh, explain to you about what God was up to there. The, Israel is indeed God's chosen people, but they were not chosen to be God's besties. They were chosen so that one would come from Israel whose name was Jesus Christ who would not just be for the Jews, who would not just be for Israel, who would not just be for America or Africa or Asia or Iraq or Iran. He would be for the whole world because God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So people that are holding signs up saying white people are God's master race, that's not true. Jesus came. God's plan was always not just for that he would have some bestie and all of the rest of us would just kind of come in on their coattails. He came because he wanted everybody. It's not God's will that any should perish, but God loves people from all over the world. Amen. And you need to know that God loves you today, no matter where you're sitting, no matter where you come from. Amen. That's good preaching. I think I'm going to write that down. All right. All right. So repent in preparation for the kingdom of heaven. Repentance was a Roman military word. It literally means about face. It means I'm turning 180 degrees from the way I was heading. I was heading away from God, but I'm going to repent and I'm going to turn my life toward God. That's what repentance means. Sometimes it's translated to turn or to turn back, or to return, to return to God. So repentance means we're returning to God. It involves confessing that you are a sinner and in need of God. And before you leave this building today, you can turn your life back to God. You can repent of your sins, and you can have your heart right with God today. And if you'll do it today, God wants to do some amazing things in your life tomorrow. Amen. The ritual that marks us as being totally devoted to God is baptism. Now, I brought some, uh, some dishes up here today. I'm going to ask my lovely assistant, Melanie. She's been my lovely assistant for 30 years. I've actually been her assistant, but I call it that way because it makes me feel powerful. <clears throat> anyway, she is uh, going to demonstrate something in, in, the, in the Old Testament. When they were building the temple, you could bring your utensils from home. You might have had some pieces of gold and some pieces of silver that you wanted to dedicate and to consecrate for God's purpose. And if you did that, you would bring it, and you would bring it, you know, however dirty it was, and they would put it in the water, and they would, uh, and they would, boy, not to do stereotypes, but I got the wife doing the dishes. Hallelujah. Uh, I think I'm going to be paying for that one for a while. But anyway, so after you would wash it, it would be clean. And not only would it be clean, but what we were saying... Yeah, go ahead with that one, babe. <laughs> um, what we were saying is that from now on, this cup is not going to be used for anything profane. This cup is going to be used totally for the service Of God. That this cup now. Belongs to the Lord. And from now on, every time this cup is going to be used, it's going to be used for the glory of God. And so when people are baptized today, just like this cup and this plate, by the way, this plate's from Russia. This cup happens to be from Jerusalem. I thought about bringing some Mexican uh, plates today. I got some dishes from Africa we could wash. But God wants to take all of our things from all over the world, and he wants to take them and transform them and use them and dedicate them solely for the purpose of Jesus Christ and for his glory. Amen. Amen. And so when we get baptized, thank you very much. It's dangerous to watch Stephen Furtick before I preach (laughs) because I want to start doing that stuff. But anyway, so what was I saying? Uh, so, So when you're baptized... What are we saying when we're baptized? It's not just, you know, sometimes when we say uh, baptism, we have the word just. Well, it's just an inward sign, outward sign of an inward grace. It's just, a, the baptism's not just anything. Baptism's amazing. Baptism is a ritual of consecration that says to God, I belong to you. And my life is being lived for your glory. And from now on, my, I'm not using my I'm not using my life for anything profane. But did you know that we as followers of Jesus, everything that we do is sacred? When we, go to the wor- when we go to work, it's sacred. When we play, it's sacred. In our social life, it's sacred. When we go to church, we don't have this sacred life on Sundays and this secular life the rest of the week. You know, all of these lenses of whether you watch CNN or Fox or MSNBC, all those lenses that you're using to look at the world, you know what, those are secular lenses. I'm looking at the world through the kingdom through the lenses of the kingdom of God. Because I don't belong to the right. I don't belong to the left. I belong to Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Three of you agreed with that. I'm really encouraged. I'm just kidding. All right. So the ritual is baptism. Consecration continues by purifying ourselves by hearing Reading and doing the word of the Lord. I just want to say in 2017 when it's not popular anymore and the Bible seems like it's old-fashioned and, old fa- uh, and and not relevant, the, Bi- the Bible has never been more relevant than it is today. And we are people of the book and we bend our lives. We do not bend the Bible to match our lives. We bend our lives to match the Bible. And we as followers of Jesus need to be people of the word of God. Psalm 119.9 says this, How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. If you want to take a daily spiritual bath, can I uh, can I suggest that you spend time daily in the word of God? That you spend time reading his word? You know, uh, Judy and I were just talking just before she went in the hospital. She was frustrated because she, she, she's missing her daily Bible reading with some of the things. She she's reads through the Bible every day, every year. And we were comparing where we were in the one-year Bible. It's so important that we bend our lives around the Word of God because as I read the story of God's people, my story is, is wrapped up in that story. And, and, and the promises that were made to those people are made to me. Amen. The Bible. And then consecration... And then it says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. And finally, consecration is sustained by devoting yourselves to prayer. Devoting yourselves to prayer. Acts 2.42 says this about the new believers. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. They were devoted to prayer. They were a people of prayer. One of the things that we're doing right now as a congregation, and I just want to encourage you, if you are free on Wednesday night from 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock, we're going to be praying for one hour at the church, and we're also doing it on Saturday mornings from 9 to 10 during this 21 days of prayer. And why why are we praying? We are praying Because we are expecting God to do amazing things. Now you might say, oh my goodness, I've never prayed two minutes. What would I do for an entire hour? I thought about that, and I actually made up a little handout for what you would do in your hour of prayer. And and we kind of walk you through it when you're here. We start out with worship. We have a devotion. And then we just go through these prayer uh, uh, guides, and, and we have prayer guides that are available to you there. We've got music playing so that people can pray however you're comfortable praying. If you want to kneel, you can pray. Uh, But we've got even outlines that you can follow. Why do we do it at this time of year? The reason we do 21 days of prayer in August and in January is because those tend to be the two times of the year that seem to be special moments at the church when God... They tend to be the growing seasons at the church. People come back to school uh, in, in August. And, uh, and in January, people make new commitments. They're going on a diet. They're going back to church. They're doing all those things. So we, we take those critical moments where we do some focused times of prayer at this church. And so through this month of August, don't miss it. I just want to say, don't miss it because we're expecting God to do some great things In our tomorrows, and we want to see him do some things, we're going to have to consecrate ourselves today in order to see God do amazing things tomorrow. Because let me just say something, just because there's a special moment coming doesn't mean that we catch the moment. In fact, Jesus wept over Jerusalem one day. And the reason it said that he was weeping is he says, because you missed, you missed your moment. You missed your hour of visitation. You missed your kairos moment. There is a kairos moment. There is a special moment that God's doing right now. And we do not want to miss our moment. Don't miss our moment. We're praying for individual needs in the church we're praying for judy we're praying for the world we're praying for our church we're praying for our missionaries we're praying that the kingdom of god uh, will come to our country and we're praying that the kingdom of god will come to our world i'm going to ask the worship team to come Um, and i'm going to dismiss those that are being baptized but i want to say for those that i know that are being by the way if you want to be baptized you can be baptized today. Like I said, we know of five that are uh, that are being baptized. Tim and Sarah are being baptized. I'm so excited. Let's hear it for Tim and Sarah. Excited for them. Yeah. Tracy, A.K.A. Chuming from China, is being baptized. I don't want to. I don't want to embarrass, but. Can I tell him what you said to me, Tim, last week? I just thought that was a... He said, Tim said, I'm, I was only baptized as a Mormon. He said, I'm washing that off this morning. I'm getting baptized as a fully devoted follower of Jesus. <laughs> Sarah, his wife, I think this is your first uh, time to be baptized. So excited about that. Tracy, this is a great story. Tracy, I, I met her in my Uber car. And the very first time that I met Tracy... And we didn't have... It wasn't a long ride. It was a very short ride. And somehow in a short time, she found out I was a pastor, said, you're a Christian. I want to be a Christian. And she said, but I heard that you have to be... And I'm not making fun of you, but you said it kind of like baptized. all right? You said it kind of like that. What does that mean? And and, uh, so as, as quickly as I could, I explained that. And then I never saw Tracy. And then maybe it was a month later... My Uber thing went off again, and it was Tracy again. And uh, we talked about God and church again, and and then um, a third time. By the way, if you want to get baptized and you're not one of these, go ahead and stand up. They've got shirts for you out there, and uh, we'll all celebrate with you if you're going to be baptized uh, this morning. Um, so Tracy... The third time she called my Uber car and I picked her up, she said, Now, I believe the way she described it in fate. She said, This is the third time you've picked me up. And she called me one day and said, Can I come to your church? And I said, Well, let me pray about it. Yes. And she came to our church, and she's been coming ever since. And I remember we gave the, I gave the invitation, maybe the first or second Sunday we were there. She's, you know, she speaks English a lot better than some of us who are from here. But uh, she was, she was, uh, you know, trying to understand everything. and, And I gave the invitation and she turned to my daughter, Natalie. She said, where do I sign up? I want to sign up. So she's given her heart to the Lord and I met with her and her boyfriend's with her today, and he's a great guy. Now, get this he's a Christian from Egypt. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> That's awesome. And then, Tra- is it Travis? Troy. Troy. I had Travis written, but I knew it was Troy, so sorry about that. Troy, who came up the old fashioned way, he came through the church and Young person in the church, but I understand grandma who's here today led him to the Lord. Uh, led him to the Lord recently, and he came and just excitedly explained to one of his teachers the ABCs of salvation. I don't know if I'm sure I right. know the ABC accept or admit, admit, believe, and confess. Admit, admit that I'm a sinner. Believe the good news. G- John chapter 3, I've read that before. Yes, the Nick, Nicodemus. John 3, 16, God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. Confess. The Bible says if we'll confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in our heart that God raised Christ from the dead, we can be saved. So those that are being baptized are coming right now. Let's hear it for them. Yeah? Yeah? You're running you running up go ahead and get that going <laughs> I'm wanting Darren to get FaceTime live going this is for Judy we want Judy to be a part of this too and that's great now I only see five We're, we we we've got room for more you know don't waste the water Tiffany I didn't mention you. Tiffany has quietly been coming to the church. And she just marked on her card one day, I would like to be baptized. So when I called her and followed up with that, she said, I'm turning 30. I think it was yesterday. She turned 30 yesterday. She says, on my 30th birthday, everything's different. Everything's going to change. I now belong to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So Judy, if you're watching, and any of you that are watching out there, we just want to say we are so excited and Judy your ministry here you and your husband's ministry is continuing through baptism and we want you to be a part of that this morning so whoever is going first Melanie would you come help me and hold this microphone or something now, Tim you going first come on up Tim your family members being baptized or if you came specially for the baptism you're welcome to come forward while they're being baptized and get a closer look tim have you received jesus as your savior tim because of your faith because of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I now baptize you in the name of Jesus. Amen. We're proud of Sarah, let's hear it for Sarah this morning. Sarah, have you received Jesus as your Savior? Yes, you know, the Bible says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The best is yet to come, Sarah, because of your faith in the Lord Jesus, I now baptize you in Jesus. Tiffany, do you know how how old Jesus was when he got baptized? 30. True story. Jesus got baptized when he was 30 years old. The Bible says that the heavens opened and a dove descended upon him and he heard the voice of the Father. And I want you to hear the same voice today. This is my beloved daughter in whom I'm well pleased. Amen. Tiffany, have you received Jesus as your Savior? Tiffany, because of your faith in the Lord Jesus, I now baptize you in Jesus' name. All right. Now, come on up, Tracy. others were just American dishes but we've got fine china coming up right here. Fine china right here. Hey Chuming, can I just say I love you like a daughter? It's a good thing because you call me dad sometimes and I love that. Um, Love what God's done in your life. Shuming, have you received Jesus as your Savior? Yes. Shuming, because of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I now baptize you in the name of Jesus. scripture I just want to say over you Troy is remember your creator in the days of your youth you don't have to sow your wild oats and come back to Jesus but from from your very earliest understandings you can come to know the Lord and he can be with you all the days of your life so Troy have you received Jesus as your savior yes because of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ I now baptize you in Jesus name